Thank you, Jesus, that you've been faithful. Thank you, God, that you're more powerful. Thank you that your grace is greater than our sin, God. Thank you, Jesus, that you're with us, that you're for us. Thank you that you'll never leave us, you'll never forsake us, God. Thank you that you're in this place this morning. Thank you, God. We've already felt your presence. We've already uh, feel you move in your house this morning, God. God, we need you this morning, God. We need your zeal, your fire, your unction, God. Breathe on this place. Consume your house. Change eternity today, God. Let us not leave the same as when we came into this place. Revive and stir the Christian, God. Set us on fire in a way we've never been set on fire, God. I pray for the sinner that sits in the pews this morning, God. The lost person, God. Open eyes to the blind. Set the captive free today, Lord. We'll give you all the glory, all the praise. Bring forth the fruit you deserve, Lord. We love you. Amen. You already know we're at Joshua chapter 1 this morning. And as the pastor already gave a a little bit of brief testimony this morning, I want to say this. I proclaim victory in the name of Jesus Christ. We have victory this morning. The victory has already been won. When Jesus was on the cross, He said it is finished for a reason. Because it is finished. Amen. Praise God, the victory has been won on the cross of Jesus Christ. Man, I'm thankful for Him this morning. Amen. I'm thankful that we have His Word. I'm thankful His Word says we can boldly and confidently enter into the throne room. Amen. You know, praise God. We got, you know, the New Testament's the Old Testament revealed. You know, they used to have to go to the man of God to get to God. They used to have to go to the priest and go into the temple, but not so for us. Amen. We can boldly ourselves, you and I, we can pray like Elijah in the New Testament. We can go into the throne room. Amen. Praise God. His Word says, I'm getting ahead of myself. That's okay. His Word says He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. He's good to us. Amen. This last few weeks, I uh, just, uh, you know, kind of dealt with something I never dealt with before. Waking up in the middle of the night and, and struggling, having this anxiety that I've never had before. I've been saved five years. God pulled me out of the darkness. He pulled me from the lies of religion. He pulled me from the lies of drugs and alcohol, and He saved me. In five years, I've never dealt with fear. I've never had this anxiety come upon me. It's like all I can hear is the voice of the enemy. It's like there's a time where it felt like God had left me. But praise God, guess what we have? We've got this. We've got this. Oh, church, I'm getting ahead of myself. Listen, we don't have to go by what we feel. We've got God's Word. Amen? Let's take Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. This is the Word of the Lord. Remember, Jesus had said, uh, when Joplin uh, sang that second song, that's actually, that's Scripture. If you know, He's walking on the road uh, to Emmaus. It's, uh, it's after. Uh, it's when He's been resurrected. And he said he began to teach and, teach and preach the things concerning himself. He started in the Old Testament. Friend, if you don't know this, Jesus is in the Old Testament. He's there. He's in the Word. He began to teach the things concerning himself. This morning, I have a word of the Lord to us this morning. A word of God that he spoke to Joshua. Joshua is a book, a blueprint. He's a book of victory. They were about to enter into the land and God was going to give them everything victorious as we're about to read. But this church I proclaim to you, this is the Word of the living God church, the living church. This is God's Word to you this morning. Amen? Joshua chapter 1 says this. Word of God to us this morning. Verse 1, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant saying, this might as well be in red letters, it's the Word of the Lord. This is the Word of God speaking to Joshua. Verse 2, 
Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. Did you catch that? If you did, there would have been one or two amens a little bit louder. Listen, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you. Amen. I said it. I'll say it again. The victory has been won. It is finished. When Jesus went and died on the cross, He went. He now intercedes for us. He's at the right hand of the Father. Now as born again Christians, we have the promise of Jesus Christ. We have the indwelling. He sent His Spirit. He told His disciples, it's going to be better for you when I go. Why? Because I'll send you the Spirit of promise. Now as born again Christians, we have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Jesus now, He sent His Spirit to come and live inside you and me, church. What a blessed thing we have. Amen. Amen. The victory has been won. It is finished. Every, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, says the Lord. As I said to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea towards the going down of the sun shall be your territory. Verse 5. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Did you hear that, the church? You know what he said to Joshua? Joshua, God knew the battles, the trials they were about to go through. God knew what was about to happen. That there was going to be much war. Church, I tell you this morning, we are at war. Until we go home, hey, we're pilgrims, we're strangers, this is not our home. My hope and my peace is not in this life. But I'll receive it someday. But guess what? Right now, we are at war, but praise God, we're fighting from victory. A victory that's already been won. Listen to what he says. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Church, i got something good for you today. we got something greater than Moses we got something greater than Joshua. We have Jesus Christ, the commander, the captain of the army. We have Jesus inside of us. As I have been with Moses, church, he says to you this morning, I proclaim to you victory in the name of Jesus Christ. He says, as I have been with Moses, so I will be with you. Praise God. Don't forget that. Do not forget that. Listen, I will not leave you or forsake you. Did you hear that? That's a promise of Scripture. I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. This is His Word. Church, the victory's been won, but I tell you this, we've got a part to do, and it's so simple. Grasp onto the promises that God has given you. Grasp onto the victory that's already been won. You know, in a sense, for 25 years, I wandered on this earth, lost and broken. If I died, I would have gone to hell. I'd even said a prayer. I'd even been baptized, but I'd never been saved. You know, you think about this. The cross had already happened. He had already died for my sin 2,000 years ago. Well, why did I not walk around in victory? My sin's already been paid for. I've already been forgiven. By grace you have been saved through faith. Not of ourselves, lest any man boast. You see, we have a part to do. Hey, he's already done it all. The victory's been won, but hey, we've got to take hold of the victory by faith. You see, my, but see, I was, I was lost for 25 years. But the victory had already been won, but I didn't have victory. I didn't experience it. It was nothing but defeat, defeat, defeat. But guess what? Jesus Christ sought me out. And by faith, I took hold of His Word and grasped on to my victory. Church of the living God is the same for us as born-again Christians. 
We must into this Word. We must grasp onto the promises that God has given us. We must take hold of the land He's given us. We must take hold of His promises. This is the way to victory. This is the blueprint. This is God's Word that He has given us. Grasp onto it. Listen, I'll never leave you. This is God's Word. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Take hold of it. Because listen, sometimes that's all you have. The enemy uses fear and feelings. It's a tactic of the devil. Wednesday night I woke up. It was one of the worst nights of my life. It seemed that God had left me. And all I could hear was the voice of the enemy. And all I could feel was the darkness. And it was like, God, where are you? And I heard, he's left you. He's gone. You're not saved. What do you do when you don't feel God? What do you do when it seems he's left you? I'll tell you. You grasp hold of his word. You don't have to trust your faith. Hey, the devil works in the natural realm. Our God is a God of the supernatural. God works, the, the enemy, the enemy works in the natural. The enemy can give you a strong feeling. Church, I tell you this morning, don't trust your feelings. I will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. And the times when you don't feel God, grasp onto His promises. Grasp onto His Word. You know what I said? I said, I can't remember if I said it out loud. I got up. I couldn't sleep. The hives have been on me for three weeks. It's been terrible. But guess what? God is good. He's been faithful. And you know what? When I die, Jesus has conquered death, hell, and the grave, and the devil. It's over, devil. It's over, enemy. When I die, I'm going to heaven forever. You lost my soul. I lost my place in hell. You've got no place here. And you know what? Sometimes you can grasp a hold of God's Word and you just feel like, hey, maybe when I grasp the hold and take a hold of His Word, oh, the presence of God's just going to fall. Oh, I'm just going to feel Him. Maybe not. Don't worry about that. Don't worry if you feel God. No matter what you feel. No matter what you're hearing. He is with you. He is for you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. That's what His Word says. Grasp onto it. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Take a hold of His Word. He wanted to remind Joshua this. Because there's going to come a place in time. If you're not there, you haven't been there, I'll tell you, you will be there. Take hold of His Word. Be reminded. This is what He reminded Joshua before they were going into the land, before the the big battles and the wars came and praised God. Joshua is a book of victory. I've said it I've said it a hundred times, I'll say it a hundred more. I do not apologize. I proclaim victory in the name of Jesus Christ. Count it all joy. In James he says, Count it all joy, my beloved brethren. Count it all joy when trials and various things come our way. Count it all joy. Psalm one nineteen. Psalm one nineteen, I'm gonna be in two verses quickly. Psalm one nineteen, verse fifty says this. This is my comfort and my affliction, for your word has given me life. Do you hear that? This is my comfort and my affliction, for your word has given me life. What's the comfort in our affliction? Why can we count it all joy, brethren? Why can we count it all joy? Why can we be happy when trials come? Because in the midst of affliction, our comfort is the word of God. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Grasp onto it. Take hold of it. It don't matter how you feel. It don't matter what you're hearing. It doesn't matter if it seems God's abandoned you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you, says Jesus. 119, Psalm 119.71 says this, It is good for me that I have been afflicted, 
that I may learn your statutes. You know, I look back on this last few weeks. Can I tell you, church, as a testimony, it is good that I've been afflicted. It is good that I've been afflicted. You know, sometimes when we're in the wilderness and you get thirsty, you'll seek the water like you never sought for it before. It is good that I've been afflicted. Can I tell you this as a testimony? This morning, I look back. I want it to be over. I don't want hives anymore. It drives me crazy. Can I tell you this? I look back. I wouldn't change any of it. I wouldn't change any of it. It is good that I've been afflicted. Oh, you know one problem we have here in America? We are so blessed. We're blessed and it's such a terrible thing, I wonder. The comforts of this life are stealing from us the treasures of the next. And I'm telling you, that's true. We're so stinking comfortable. While we're so stinking comfortable, people are dying and going to hell. And we sit on our victory like it's nothing. We're not taking hold of the promises. We're not taking hold of the victory. It is good that I've been afflicted. It is. You know, even in our afflictions in Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Verse 27. We can count it all joy, brethren. Listen, we can count it all joy. It's good that I've been afflicted. Romans chapter 8, verse 27. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is. Listen. Because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Did you hear that? He makes intercession for us. He stands at the right hand of the throne. Jesus stands at the right hand of the Father. We didn't even know how to pray how we ought to. But praise God, He intercedes for us, church. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. Born again Christian, we can count it all joy. We have the comfort. We know that we can grasp onto the promises of the Word of God. We can count it all joy. Why? Because devil, even the things that you throw at me, even the trials and the storms that I go through, I know this, all things work together for good for those who love God. This is a promise to the born again Christian. Even the storms, even the trials that come your way, God could work it together for His good. Not only can He, He does every single time. All things work together for good to those who love God, who are called according to His purpose. Born again Christian, that's a promise to you. So when it comes, you can laugh in the face of the enemy. There's times, yes, where it's not easy. It's not easy. But we can take hold of this and you can count it joy and say, God's doing something good in me. Ah, it is good that I have been afflicted. And verse 31, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all, how shall He not with Him also freely give us all things? Oh, church, grasp onto the promises of Scripture. Abide in me, John chapter 15. Abide in me, and if my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, it will be done for you. Verse 10, how do we abide in him? Verse 10, he says, abide in my love to keep his commandments. If we keep his commandments, we will abide in his love. That's how we abide in him. Do you understand the promises we have, church? Church, do you understand the victory that we have? Do you understand the victory that's already been won? If you don't, you need to this morning. I proclaim victory victory in the name of Jesus Christ. Grasp onto what's already been done. Rest in His Word. We can see striving. We can cast our anxiety, our cares, our fears on Him because He cares for you. Do you understand how much He loves us, church? I don't think we get it. 
He loves us so much. He says in that verse, how will He, after He didn't spare His own Son, not freely give us all things? You know, I thought about having my wife bring up little Braylon up here. And I'd hold Braylon. And I love my son. I love him. And i got to tell you this. I wouldn't send my son to die for anybody in here. And I love you. You know, we get down to the real of it. This may sound bad. I already know my wife. If, if it came down to him or her dying, I don't even have to ask her. I know what the answer is. Because she loves our son. I wouldn't send my son to die for anybody. I would die before my son died. I want you to think about this. The father, he sent his only begotten son. Would you send your children to die? Now listen to this. I was his enemy. I rejected him. I used to say I was a Christian, but let me tell you something. My, my life rejected him. Lots of people say they're Christians. There's no fruit in their life. Hey, you can't tell me there's an apple tree here. There better be some stinking apples. Hey, a born-again Christian, your life will show and prove I love Jesus Christ. Let me ask you this. Would you give your children to die of someone who hated you? Because I want to tell you this. I was the enemy of the cross of Christ, and so were you. And he sent his son to die for us anyways. And not only that... The Father sent His Son to die for people who are going to reject Him. Can you believe that? We don't know. Let's just be honest. We try. And as Christians, we understand a little bit better. The love of God is beyond us. Church of the living God, He loves you. Every single person in this place, Jesus loves you. Think about it. You've heard it your whole life. That almost just sounds... Think about, hey, I wonder if this, think about this. You've heard it your whole life. What if every single time, every single place, the thousand times you've heard this, Jesus loves you? What if none of it was coincidence? What if every single time was in purpose and a plan and the Lord's trying to speak to you and tell you, Jesus loves you. He sent his son to die. Jesus came born of a virgin. He came in the flesh as a human. He was here. This isn't something spiritual or cloud. Hey, He was here. He was real. He came and He died on the cross for you. That's love. You know what He says here in Romans to the church, born again Christian? How will He who didn't spare His own Son not freely give us all things? Abide in Me. My words abide in You. Jesus says, John chapter 15, ask whatever you wish it will be done for you. The victory's been laid in our lap. And we, uh, many of us walk around needlessly defeated. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit. The victory is in your hands, born again Christian. It's been laid at you. The blood of the Lamb who was slain covers you. You can boldly enter in. We have something greater than Moses. Grasp onto the victory this morning. Grasp onto the promises. Grasp onto what's been won. Yet in all these things, Romans 8.37, Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. Praise God. Did you hear that this morning? These are the promises of Scripture to us. We are more than conquerors, more than overcomers in this life. 
Isaiah chapter 41, verse 9. I proclaim victory, church. This is to you this morning, born-again Christian. I got something for the sinner in a little bit. I got something for the lost person. But church of the living God, I proclaim victory in the name of Jesus Christ. Grasp on to it. Isaiah 41, verse 9. Word of God literally directly to you this morning. You whom I have taken from the ends of the earth and called from its farthest regions and said to you, you are my servant. Listen. I have chosen you and have not cast you away. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Behold, all those who are incensed against you shall be ashamed and disgraced. That shall be as nothing. And those who strive with you shall perish. You shall seek them and not find them. Those who contended with you, those who war against you, shall be as nothing as a non-existent thing. For I, the Lord your God, will hold your right hand, saying to you, fear not, I will help you. Church of the living God, fear not. Jesus said, in this world you have trouble. Take heart, I have overcome the world. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. You know, I was thinking about this this week. The enemy, he tries to use uh, the flesh, the natural of fear as a tactic. The Bible says in James chapter 2, the demons believe and tremble. Take that, devil. Hey, we have Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God inside of us. The demons tremble at our Master. The demons, they tremble. They're in fear at the name of Jesus Christ. Amen? And we've got Him. Amen? What a, what a victory. What a victory. Grasp on to your victory. Joshua chapter 1, verse 6. Be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the, to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. Did you hear what he said? He's talking about, listen, be very strong and courageous. It's not going to be easy. But listen, be very strong. Be courageous. Now listen. Observe to do all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand, to the, to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. Did you grasp onto that? Church, this is a blueprint for success for us. Victory's been won. Amen. Don't turn from it to the right or to the left. Listen, we've got the laws. We have God's Word. Don't turn from it. Don't turn left. Don't turn to the right. Look and keep focused on the Word. When there's times you don't feel God, when He seems He abandoned you, you can grasp onto it. I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Keep focused on the Word. The Word's enduring forever. You can always grasp onto the Word. Amen? You know, Peter started to walk out on that storm. Praise God, church, I tell you this morning, you can walk out on the storms of life. You can walk out. You know, I started thinking about this. The Bible says in John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. Jesus is the Word. Think about this. Peter's walking on the storms of life. What's he looking at? The Word. He looked at Jesus. He looked at Jesus. And what? Jesus, the Word, said, come, whole church, we can walk on the storms of life. We can that's because the victory has been won. And guess what? Peter kept his eyes on the storm. Or excuse me. Peter kept his eyes on the Word. And guess what? Remember we said that we know the enemy's tactic. We got his playbook. Hey, it ain't no surprise. Oh, that stuff, the, some of the testimonies we shared this morning, it don't matter. Who cares? It doesn't matter. 
It doesn't matter because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Don't be frightened. Don't be afraid. That's a tactic. That's the enemy trying to get you to be afraid. Church, we got nothing to be afraid of. He tries to throw those things at us. We're walking out on the storm. The enemy comes along and says, look at these waves, Peter. Look how dark this is. Look at the wind getting stronger. Look at the storm getting darker. And you know what? Peter took his eyes off the word for a moment. And what happened? He began to sink. But guess what? I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Jesus was right there and reached out and grasped onto him. He didn't let him drown. And he won't let you die. He won't let you drown. Death, hell, and the grave has been conquered. Even in our mistakes, we can count it all joy because I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Don't turn from it to the left, to the right. Verse 8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. And you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. I told you this is a blueprint for success for us. You hear what he said? What did he say? Meditate on it day and night. Church of the living God, if we're going to grasp onto the victory that's been won, we've got to do it God's way. We've got to do it His way. Meditate on it day and night. Let me ask you this. What are you meditating on? What are you meditating on? Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. These things in and of themselves are not sin, but I want to tell you this. If it's coming before God, it is sin in your life. It's an idol. It needs to be confessed and repented of. What do you meditate on? He says, meditate on my word. Meditate on it day and night. What do you meditate on day and night? Something. TV. Day and night, every day, all the time. What do you meditate on? Facebook? What, uh, video games? I, I don't know. What, what are you meditating on? You want victory. Listen, God doesn't tell these things to hurt our feelings. Remember, He sent His Son for us. He loves us. But He loves us so much, He's willing to get real with us. At the end of the verse, what He's saying? This is to make you prosperous. And successful. You know, sometimes children, our children, don't understand why we tell them no. Sometimes, you know, my son tries to stick his finger in the light socket, you know, and I, I spank his hand. He starts crying. He says, you know, he's dad. You're trying to ruin him. I'm trying to have a good time. Church, God's ways are higher than our ways. He sees more than what we see. He loves us. He wants us to be prosperous, successful. You know, God wants you to be anointed in the power and the demonstration of the Holy Spirit. You know, God wants to use you to shine a light, to be a beacon. You know, God wants to see all your family saved, your brothers, your sisters, your mom, your dad, your children. God wants to see them all saved too. But we can grasp onto those promises. We can. But we've got to do it His way. Meditate on His Word day and night. Church, what are you meditating on? What are you meditating on? The enemy wants to hey, those things in and of themselves I mentioned, they're not sin. But I want to tell you this. Satan can use things that are not sin to come along and to steal your meditation and to steal your attention. Those things seem so subtle. The enemy is very subtle. He was very subtle when he talked to Eve. Very soft, very cunning. That's the way of the devil. 
I proclaim victory in the name of Jesus Christ. God wants you to be prosperous and successful. Do it His way. Meditate on His Word day and night. Grasp onto the victory that's been won. We can see God move again. We can see souls saved. He is this, He's the same. He hadn't changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. We serve the same God of Genesis to Revelation. He has not changed. He is powerful. We can see souls saved. God wants, this, God wants to move in your family. Verse 9, have I not commanded you? What a question from God. We already went over that in Romans. If God is for us, who can be against us? Church of the living God, has, has He not commanded us? Is He not for us? We need to be confident again. Remember when Elijah poured the buckets over the altars. What a confident prayer. Remember he prayed? And the fire came and consumed the altar in front of everybody. You remember that? Remember Elijah? He never prayed for the fire to come. You know what he prayed for? He prayed, God, for your name to be lifted up, that this people would know the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. When we lift up his name, church, when we lift up his name, the fire always comes. Hey, listen. Have I, Jesus says to us this morning, have I not commanded you? Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. How many times he's telling that this morning? He's trying to tell us to be confident. Don't be afraid. Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed. Listen again. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Praise God. Church, if you haven't gotten a hold of it this morning, listen. This too shall pass. He's with you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Church, that is to you this morning. I want to say this, if you're in this place and you don't know Him, I want to say this, you must be born again. I'm going to talk to the church a little bit ago. I'm not talking to the church anymore. If you're in this place, I want you to know this, Jesus Christ loves you. He died for you on Calvary's cross. You must be saved. You must be born again to enter into the kingdom of God. I want to say this, don't be like me. I was deceived for so many years by the lies of religion. I'd gone to church. I knew the Bible verses. I knew this and that. I always thought because I said a prayer. Listen, you must be born again. You must be saved. You know, Rahab and the next, I'm not going to go into it. In chapter 2, they had given Joshua, they had given them the city of Jericho. God told them that they were going to destroy the city of Jericho. You know what's interesting about that? They were going to destroy the city of Jericho. It was already in their hands. But Joshua sent out two spies into the city. Now, he had already told them that it was going to be destroyed. Why did he send out two spies into the city? I'll tell you why. Because there was a prostitute there, a harlot named Rahab. The king hears word that there's spies in the city. He starts trying to find them. A prostitute, a harlot named Rahab. She helps the men get through a flask in the roof. She helps them escape. And here's what she says to the men. She says this. This is in Joshua chapter 2, verse... Joshua chapter 2, verse 9. I know that the Lord has given you the land, that the terror of you, praise God, He's a terror to the enemy, amen. I know that the Lord has given you the land, that the terror of you has fallen on us, and that all the inhabitants of the land are faint-hearted because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, and when you did to the two kings of the Amorites, who were on the other side of the Jordan, Sion and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts melted. 
neither did there remain any more courage in anyone because of you. For the Lord your God, He is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. Now therefore I beg you, swear to me by the Lord, since I have shown you the kindness, that you also will show kindness to my father's house. Give me a true token. And spare my father and my mother, my brothers and my sisters. Oh, praise God. We can cry out to them on behalf of our family. And all that they have and deliver our lives from death. You know why God sent two men into the city? Because there was someone here who had faith. You know, you look at her and say, oh, she's a harlot. Of course she needed to be saved. You know what? If you're in here and you're lost this morning, everybody tries to feel we're broken, we're hurt, we're born sinners. We need repentance. We need a Savior. Some people try and fill it with prostitution. Some people try, we're searching for something. I tried to fill it with drugs and alcohol. Some people aren't that way. Some people try and fill it with business. Some people try and fill it with having a wife, a husband, with kids. People try and fill it with other things. But I tell you this morning, you must be saved. You must be born again. You must repent and turn from your wicked ways. And if you'll listen by faith, by faith you can grasp onto His Word this morning. By faith you can be saved. Listen to what the men tell her in verse 17 of chapter 2. So the men said to her, We will be blameless of this oath of yours which you have made us swear unless we had come into the land, you bind this line of scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down unless you bring your father and your mother, your brothers, and all your father's household to your own home. So it shall be that whoever goes outside the doors of your house into the street, his blood shall be on his own head and we will be guiltless. And whoever is with you and is in, in the house, his blood shall be in his own head shall be on our head if a hand is laid on him. Here's what happened. She cries out to him. She helps him out. She exemplifies, shows faith in the Lord, the true God. And here's what they say. Jericho, the city's going to be destroyed. The walls are going to be torn down. Everything in Jericho will be utterly destroyed. But listen, since you helped us out, since she had faith in the living God, they tell her this. Come into this household. Her room was on the wall. They could see it. They said, if you want to be saved, come into your household. If you want your family to be saved, hey, it's by their own choice. They must come into this household with you. What's she say? They said, put out this scarlet cord so they could see it. I want to tell you something. Remember, the Old Testament, New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. You know what that scarlet cord represented? The blood of Jesus Christ. I want to tell you this morning, if you need to be saved, you must run. Hey, listen, the world's going to be destroyed. A time will come. As appointed unto man once to die, then the judgment. You will stand before Jesus Christ. And if you've not been saved, if you reject His Son, you'll go to a devil's hell. But Jesus doesn't want you to go there. That's why He shed His blood. And this is a picture of the cross. If you want to be saved, run to the cross. This morning I proclaim to you victory in the name of Jesus Christ. Listen, His grace is greater than your sin. Jesus Christ is greater than your anger. Jesus Christ is greater than your bitterness. Jesus Christ is greater than your unforgiveness. This morning, come and grasp hold. Run to the foot of the cross. He's died for you. He shed His blood for you. And if you need to be saved, God will send a messenger. That's why He sent a messenger. Because He's willing that none should perish. He wants you to be saved. That's why He brought you here this morning. And He sent a messenger this morning to tell you, run to the foot of the cross. As our worship team comes, as our worship team comes, this morning, what a great victory that we have. Praise God for what He's done. Church, isn't that awesome? We don't have to be afraid. 
Isn't that awesome that victory's already been won? We don't have to be afraid. We can grasp onto His Word. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. Death's already been conquered. The grave's been conquered. Hallelujah. Praise God. Someday, when I die, I'm going to get to stand before Him. You know that old Mercy Me song, uh, Will I Dance Before You, Jesus? What will I do? Oh, I'm going to dance. I'm going to sing. I'm going to clap. The Lord's going to let me cry. I'm going to cheer. And I'm going to do a little bit more dancing. Amen? Because my victory has been won. And someday, listen, we may not see Him face to face right now. I want to tell you this. He's here. Why? How do I know that? I don't care if you feel Him in this place or not. He's here. His Word has told us. His Word is true. It's living. Grasp onto it. Church, if you've been going through a storm and a trial this morning, come forward in the name of Jesus Christ. Proclaim your victory. You know what? I believe in the altars. You know why we have altars? It's a public place to respond to Jesus Christ. Every time Jesus moved, read. Every time people responded to Jesus in the New Testament when He's there, it was public. It was. All these altars are is a public place to respond to Jesus Christ. Church of the living God, maybe you want to come forward and praise Him. Maybe this morning you have something to confess or to repent of. Whatever it is, this morning, Jesus Christ, church, He loved you. Seems like all I can see was a struggle. Haunted by ghosts that lived in my Bound up in shackles of all my failures, wondering how long is this gonna last? And then you look at this prisoner and say to me, "Son, stop fighting a fight." It's already been a while. I am redeemed. He set me free. So I'll shake off these heavy chains and wipe away every stain. Cause I'm not who
Why do we ever stay? I'm not.